the gift of leadership is really more about influencing others towards a shared purpose. And if that's the foundation, if it's not positional, if it's if it's not necessarily a role, it can be applied anywhere. Um Right, you uh, can influence the shared purpose of this conversation by helping teach people gifts by the way that you ask questions, by the relationship that you've built, by the way that you set trust so that I feel good stepping in and answering things like, "Yeah, I was bawling my eyes out," and you know that we could also make it really uncomfortable for someone to talk about bawling their eyes out because I feel like I'll be judged. You're not doing that, right? So that's a that's a leadership in this type of space, and and. Some of the things that I think about um, are, are different places in, in the Bible, right? So um, one that, that really, you said business mind, servant heart. One that really influences me is uh, King David. And, and it says in Psalms uh, that King David led with a sincere heart and with a skilled hand. I searched all over the world, struggling to find it. Then I met my boy, David E. Simons, yeah. I searched all over the world, struggling to find it. Then I met my boy, David E. Simons, yeah. Discover my gift, yeah, yeah. Discover my gift, yeah, yeah. But David E. Simons, yeah. Discover my gift, yeah, yeah. Welcome to another episode of How I Discover My Gift with yours truly, David D. Simons. I'm so delighted and excited to have today's guest on the show today, my new friend and brother, John Kidwell. I'm going to break down his story and then we're going to dive in. There's so much value that you're going to get today, listeners. I already know you're going to be blessed, you're going to be challenged, you're going to be inspired. Uh, John has a remarkable story, a remarkable uh, talent for unlocking what's in somebody. But let me just go ahead and tell you about his journey uh, as we dig in. So for over 15 years, John has served nonprofit organizations as a board member, a volunteer, and a part-time and full-time member. Um, John's focus is on serving people well and increasing the revenue and performance of organizations to maximize their impact for the people they serve. With a business mind and a servant heart, I love that. Business mind, servant heart. In six years, he grew from an entry-level leader to vice president of innovation and operations, including leading 1,100 people in 12 areas of business for a $140 multi-million dollar nonprofit organization in Houston, Texas, which is where he resides. Uh, during his time there, John worked with companies such as Apple, Nike, MD Anderson, the MD Anderson Cancer Center, Pfizer, the University of Houston, and the YMCA of the USA. He has always excelled and, and, and always centered on furthering the mission in a financially responsible way that scales for great impact. It wasn't all large teams and large organizations, though. John served on the board for three nonprofits and in, in even president of one that had no paid team members. While, while another operated on a $200,000 annual budget, his career in nonprofits provided loads of experience, which included working with boards of all types, fiduciary, advisory, a community, and much more. His goal was to support 
those executives to help them achieve their goals that mattered the most and those that he served. So early in his career, John found himself struggling to achieve the service and revenue goals of the organization. So while he was working hard, nothing seemed to be working. And that's when th that struggle led to, to that the struggle to lead teams effectively and manage all the needed to be done. Uh, created some things to where he said, you know what, I want to achieve more results, more impact for people. So his drive to learn to grow and serve led him to seek out how to be a better leader. It's funny how that works. In, in, in our effort to uh, change, we, we end up growing and changing ourselves to change more lives. It's, it's an amazing, powerful process. So in that process, he learned the key areas of the nonprofit to focus on and how to effectively lead his team, serve people, and drive success. And as a result of that, he's managed to create better habits for work and life balance. I also want to point out that he is a fellow adjunct professor uh, in the organizational leadership program. So we're both adjunct professors, but he is in organizational leadership, which is really cool, at the Townsend Institute at Concordia University. That is a no-joke university right there. So if you, if you don't know, you should know. Look that up. John lives with his wife, Megan, and two children in Houston, Texas. He enjoys crazy socks. Ooh, that's awesome. i got to get into that. Running first thing in the morning. I don't think I'll be getting into that. And earning, <laughs> eating ice cream or Tex-Mex every time he gets. Thank you, John, again for blessing us with your presence on the show. It's truly an honor to have you on, my friend. Thanks, David. It's really good to be here with you, brother. It's good to see you. Thanks for having me on. I'm really excited for our conversation. Me too. Me too. So, so John, I, I want to dig in. We had a conversation about this, but I, I, I want the listeners to hear about your journey, right? Take us through your childhood and your journey. And, and, and when I'm looking at the journey here, I'm looking at um, your gifts more so, right, through this process. When you, when you a young John, uh, going through you know, school all the way up until till you got into the nonprofit world. Can you, can you give us a little backstory into that? Uh, yeah, it's easy, but it, it, I don't know that I or maybe others uh, could even say, like, these were gifts uh, at that time, right? So what I would say are two of the gifts that, that I have that I know and have continued to develop are uh, teaching and uh, leadership. Those are two of the, the gifts that I have that I get to use uh, to serve other people. But as we go back... You know, I don't think that I was sitting around uh, in my Ninja Turtle shirt and thinking like, these are my gifts and this is how I'm going to go use them. What I do remember is third grade, amazing teacher, Mrs. McCain. And I knew, I would have told you, David, I would have told anybody in third grade, I was going to be a teacher. Uh, it, it's what I knew I was going to do. You know, there's those things that you play and do when you're kids. And like we rode bikes and we did uh, outside, capture the flag and all that stuff. But we also... Uh, played school and uh, and had teachers and and did all of those things and so like teaching helping people so that they could do so that they could know was always something that that I was drawn to and and then if you look at my family uh, my family's full of teachers uh, my mom was a special ed teacher for thirty years and she went in to be a school administrator my grandpa was a principal my great grandpa was a principal. My uncle was a principal. I think if my dad had a choice, he'd have been a teacher, uh, but he did something different. Uh, and, but he's a teacher even in the field that he's in. Uh, but I say all that to say teaching was just kind of like in the blood to uh, the family, you know? So when you see those things modeled, you, you grow in those. Uh, you, you kind of start to grow in those. So I would have told you since I was in third grade that I was going to be a teacher. 
And I was, uh, when I, when I went through college, uh, and, and moved into that space, I, I left with a teaching degree. Uh, I taught for six years and, um, got absolutely stopped, uh, by God one day as I was driving to school, this thing that I love, this thing that I went to get my master's to do thinking I'm going to teach, I'm going to be a principal, pull over to the side of the highway one day and just bawling my eyes out not wanting to go into work, not wanting to go into school, which is very strange. Uh, I mean, uh, hopefully you and others get the sense that I really love what I do and I find a great joy in the work that I do. And there's usually a big smile, almost always cheesy that comes along with it, but it's the one I got. So I'll use it. So just absolutely painstakingly not wanting to go to work, which is really abnormal uh, and, and did not want to do that. I have a wonderful wife and she and I were on the phone and she said, if, if you're, if that's not what you're supposed to do, like finish out the school year, we got to, you got to finish out, right? We made a commitment. We're following it through and we'll figure it out. And, uh, and just that, that support. Awesome. So I'm just, you know, it wasn't like that just happened. It was a culmination of things, but the needing to pull over and, and do all of that and, and really figure out like i've known i was going to do this now for 20 years and this is what i thought was my life's endeavor was to teach and all of a sudden i'm yeah not enjoying it so uh interestingly uh working uh in a couple of other jobs and and because you know didn't want to s- sit around in the summer and always had something going on so i also worked part-time with the ymca the very next morning after that mm-hmm. pullover on the side of the road, I'm not going to teach next year. I got to figure out what I'm going to do with my life when I grow up, that type of thing. I get there and uh, the executive director at the Y where I was part-time group fitness instructor was outside at my boot camp class at 4.45 in the morning, which is strange, right? Like if anyone shows up to talk to you at 4.45 in the morning, you know that <laughs> they have something they want to talk about uh, and that you should sure. listen. Um Anyways, I say all that to say she says, I've offered you two jobs. You've turned me down. I have one right now I think you'd be great at. Uh, it's a director here at the Y for uh, one of the program areas. Very, like Within 24 hours, this is what's happening. Simultaneously, what is also kind of happening in my spirit is this desire to lead a team, this desire to... Uh, like give back to the community and this desire to like be a little entrepreneurial and start to figure out the business side of these things. And so I saw yeah. the why is a great opportunity for me to, to be able to go and, and align with the Christian principles and practices that they have and hold to continue yeah. to serve in a nonprofit space and to start testing kind of this business entrepreneurial like, can we make money by delivering a service or fundraise by offering programs uh, and lead a team? And so I said, yes, finished mm. out, went into that area. And um, and <laughs> like most of us, find out really quickly that uh, we don't know everything and that we don't know what we don't know and that it's a lot better to ask questions and to go slow uh, than to go fast. But, you know, as mid-20s, super excited and uh, ready to rock and roll. So made a lot of mistakes and uh, figured out a lot of things and really started to lean in and figure out this leadership piece that had always kind of been Mm -hmm. there, right? Sports teams, 
uh, youth boards, just kind of naturally people asking questions, complimenting. Uh, You kind of find yourself in those school projects and in work groups naturally kind of tending towards the the organizing of people, connecting people, helping communicate, connect dots, like that type of leadership stuff and, and continuing to, to press in there. And the more I did, the more I pressed into leadership, the more I pressed into my ability to teach and to be a leader who teaches, um, the more I saw the team grow. And as a result, the more people we were able to serve, uh, the more our why and our team uh, was able to to help others uh, to also earn some revenue and and it very quickly resulted in also by just the grace and the you know the opportunity given by others was that in in just over six years uh, I had seven promotions and went from a director to Vice President of Innovation and Operations, leading uh, what you talked about there in the beginning of the bio. Wow. Wow. What a journey, man. That's it. And, and, and you know, it's kind of like I, I look at your story like I could I could place it like literally in a bi- in the Bible. And like, you know how you see a story, but sometimes the, the, the story doesn't tell you all the emotions and all the feelings and all, you know, you see the journey like I can't imagine like. You know the tears that you were crying the day that you're, you know, you're being told like that's disruptive. Like your whole life was geared towards mm-hmm. this. Your entire being was set. I'm going to be a teacher. It's already set. I don't want to go into work. And it's like, okay, you didn't have a clear plan. Literally, the next day the shift happens, and you, you know, but but I, I don't, also don't want to over. Um, kind of go over this point here you talked about the support of your wife that's a rare thing people have today too is is you had a supportive wife you know what if you had a fearful mm-hmm. wife that was just like no you know because woman's number one need mm-hmm. is security so i i, I kind of want to go into so many points but could you touch on that part for a second because for 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 ladies listening or looking to become a wife or for for men looking for a, a ideal wife this is this is this is rare right here uh, it's extremely, it's extremely rare. And I think that, uh, I have an amazing wife who one places her ultimate security in somebody that is much wiser, much stronger, much more loving and much more faithful in terms of God has never changed throughout all eternity. Right. Let's not mix and say, I haven't been faithful that I have been to my wife. But there's one that is infinitely greater than I, that she has ultimate security in that and in him, right? And I think that's first and foremost. Uh, and, and then um, coming out of that, saying that it is absolutely her and her faith and trust, it is also, you know when everybody gives you that piece of advice when you first get married, that's like, for the first year of marriage, like, don't do these things. Go to bed at the same time. Do all of this stuff. Like, we just mm-hmm. took everybody's advice. Like, we we start. We did. We cut out all of the extras in life the the first year. Uh, we we didn't have kids for the first seven years uh, that we were married. Uh, we mm-hmm. um, we said we're going to go to bed at the same time. 
which was super awkward because not awkward it's just hard because i like to go to bed earlier i am not a night owl like i will shut down and fall asleep in the middle of activities if i am tired at 8 30 and that's cool i don't care i used to care i don't care anymore and, but she's not she'll stay up later than i so we it's like okay i'll stay up later she'll go to bed earlier right so what comes out of all of that is a deep connection a deep understanding of each other and when we walk through these things together not just side by side but hand in hand then when we come to those pieces of disruption and challenge uh we're already holding hands uh and so it makes it easier to continue to walk through those things that's beautiful. I mean, I, I I just could. I know we're I know we're flowing about gifts, but I could not let go of that moment there. And I love what you shared because that moment wasn't just just hap- that just happened. It was development of of relationship and trust and faith in God and all of those components. So thank you for highlighting that. So back to the component of of now stepping into leadership and this. You know, you having this gift of teaching. You also having this gift of leadership. Um, what's ironic is, and, and I know you could, you'd be best to speak to this. There's a, there's a, there's a verse in the Bible that talks about all the different gifts that one has. And, and you hear about teaching, you hear about the gift of prophecy. There's also the gift of leadership in the Bible about leadership. What does the gift of leadership mean to you? Right. Um, one, and then the second aspect of that is when did you recognize, when's the first time you recognized that leadership gift within yourself? And maybe you didn't know what it was, how to term it right then and there, but maybe you recognized it at a certain point when you were younger. Yeah, I think I think as I think back, well, it's really interesting, right? So let's just play out the, the leadership because it could be a confusing thing um, for for mm-hmm. folks so often by definition, by culture, by how these things come to be, we say leadership and we start to think, and even in my bio, right? Because I I articulate it that way, is we think it has to do with a position and a role and, um, and just like this power and authority that is not actually true. Uh, and and what i mean by that is is leadership as i as i see those things is that it can be that right like it can be you can have a position of leadership you can have a role where you are a leader of a team you can have responsibility and thus you carry the responsibility to lead the people who are in your care it also can be leadership of your family it can also be leadership in your community where there's no specific role so as i think about the gift of leadership and what that is it is really the gift of influencing others towards a shared purpose and so mm. influence yeah yeah you okay all right that sounds good that's good uh, the the gift of leadership is really more about influencing others towards a shared purpose and if that's the foundation if it's not positional if it's if it's not necessarily a role it can be applied anywhere um 
right? You uh, can influence the shared purpose of this conversation by helping teach people gifts by the way that you ask questions, by the relationship that you've built, by the way that you set trust so that I feel good stepping in and answering things like, yeah, I was bawling my eyes out. And, you know, that we could also make it really uncomfortable for someone to talk about bawling their eyes out because I feel like I'll be judged. You're not doing that, right? So that's a that's a leadership in this type of space. And and some of the things that I think about um, are, are different places in, in the Bible, right? So um, one that, that really, you said business mind, servant heart. One that really influences me is uh, King David. And, and it says in Psalms uh, that King David led with a sincere heart and with a skilled hand. Uh, now, mm. he he both had a position, right? He was king of Israel. Before that, he led and influenced without a position at all. But it also speaks to some of the qualities that are needed in a leader. Sincere heart. We got to be in it for a great, good purpose for the right reasons. Um, if it's all about us, that influence is going to peter out real quick. Uh, and he had skilled hands. It, there's, there's this, there's this piece about to influence. There's a relationship. There is also a skill because we can be great friends and we can be awesome neighbors. And if you say we're going to do this thing and you don't have the skills to help us get there at some point, we're not going to make it. And it's going to, it's going to flounder and we're, we're going to give up and walk away. And it's the same for leaders in their community and government and churches and organizations and businesses, wherever it is like, Let's get that. Let's get that heart right first about the purpose, what we are about, and then, yeah, there's some development of the skills, and then we see from from Jesus, and in Philippians it says, you know, Jesus being equal to God, didn't count it as a, a thing to to hold on to 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 count as gain, right? Instead, no, he humbled himself, took the form of man, humbled himself to death, death on a cross. And so I think that this is a really interesting piece about influencing others towards a shared purpose and some of the character that it requires in leadership. And so what we see there is if we go back to more of the cultural definition of a position, of power, of a role, Jesus is God. He is all powerful. And his role is Lord of everything. And to best serve and bring us towards the shared purpose that is best for us. He put it all down. He humbled himself. He came down in the form of man. He lived the life we couldn't live. He died the death that we should die. Uh, He rose again, all to the glory of God, fulfilling the role that God and he had set forth. Um, But all of it was out of tremendous love and service for other people. Right. And so I think those, those I use as an example to say, what is influence? Influence is this combination of character, relationship, and skill that, that we bring together to the benefit of others uh, that allow us to willfully give things up so that we can help people get towards the shared purpose that we all have. So that, like, that right there, that type of leadership. One, I don't, I, you know, I'm not perfect at it. Let's not pretend that I'm sitting here thinking I got it all figured out. It's a gift. Uh, it's a gift that I continue to develop. It's a gift that I use to help develop others uh, into do those same thing. Mm. 
I mean, I, there's one person that's gotten it perfect ever. So outside of that, let's focus on the pursuit of progress, right? Um, but uh, but I say that to say all the way back. When did I start to notice some of those things? I was I was cut from uh, my varsity soccer team uh, as a junior, and so for those of us that played high school sports, when you get to be a junior, you're supposed to move to the varsity team, right? And I was not. And that was really, really painful. And usually, usually you just get cut. And they said, there's just, there's something. We really want you to uh, play for the JV team. And so that, like, not only did you not make it, but now you're going to go play down. And it's like double burn, right? Like, oh, I like, please just let me walk away in shame and be sad. And like, uh, but no, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to go play JV. And they had some others some of my friends and and we went and did that and in being put in a place where um i may have had some influence coming in because of an age range um connecting with folks um staying just staying in the game honestly right um wrestling with getting over myself to play the game that i wanted to play uh really started to to give me this inclination of like oh why are people asking me questions like i'm the dude that got cut from the varsity team sitting down here playing on the jv team like you shouldn't be asking me but mm-hmm. i i think like just some of that that teaching that was in there some of the um the skill development that began to happen really really quickly uh and the relationships that were built all of a sudden i started to notice that oh uh, people people are looking to me for some things uh I, I have a responsibility to how this team responds in different circumstances, and and so that was really one of the first the first instances, and then then other ones kind of all throughout, uh, and and I would say even into kind of professional career, those of us that have a gift in a specific space, there are there are teachers, there are speakers. You talked about prophecy, just kind of the futuristic visionary or being able to to speak truth into situations. Uh, leadership, um, uh, hospitality. When when you get into yeah. those and, and you have a gift in there, what I found is sometimes you uh, you see things that other people don't see. You understand things in a way that others may not see or understand. And and oftentimes there's a a, a faster learning curve because. One, you've been created with this gift. And two, you're drawn into it. You aspire to it. You get fueled by it. You can lose yourself in it. And so you start to to grow and to gain into into these spaces really quickly. And I found that to be true in in my professional careers we were going is that uh, there were just some things that just came more natural, more quickly that uh, you can kind of – you can see the puzzle before it's all put together. Uh, And I think that each of us have that in the in the the gifts and the talents uh, that we have in, in all of our different spaces. Wow, John, you, you just opened up something here that I've never looked at. Like you just said it, like we have a faster learning curve in the, the things that we're innately gifted in. It doesn't mean we're born perfect with that gift. Like that's nobody's perfect in their gifting. And, and like you gave, Jesus is the ultimate uh, per, gift uh, model of perfection and, and gifting, but but 
but you said something that I think that's that's really key to for listeners to hear is that there will be a faster learning curve, a natural hunger, desire, curiosity in that. So you gave it gave some nuggets there for people that are maybe maybe you're listening and you have the leadership gift or a teaching gift. There's some clues that John gave that we can use to dig in and find what's within us. So, John, I, I want to kind of go into um, the development phase because we believe that the whole process of, of gift development has honestly three phases where we get we get this from mm-hmm. the parable of the talents. You know, the one that had one, two, and the other one that had five, and how God was angry with the one that hid theirs in the ground and. Um, really was disappointed, and, and and I think that that shows that God wants us to be productive and be fruitful, as it says in Genesis, that we we should be fruitful and multiply. And it doesn't mean just I mean obviously children, definitely, but 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 it's also being fruitful and multiplying whatever God puts in your hand, whatever it puts in seed form. That's your gift, that's your talent, whatever whatever your family, whatever you have around you should be better because of you. And so when you think of the development phase, John, like there's a lot that has taken you to become the, the top tier executive coach you are today, um, the awesome father and, 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 and husband you are today. There's a lot of unseen hours that goes into to development. And so if you could speak to the journey, a lot of times people look at somebody like John, look at somebody they admire and, and respect, and they're, they're like, wow, I want to do that. I want to become that. But they don't really hear usually what went be what went behind the scenes what was under the ground what are the what's the root that took you to be planted and grow to where you are today so if you could speak to that development. yeah first thank you for those qualities and, and attributes that you bestowed on me that really that means a lot and i really appreciate that david it's all and and if we're talking about development let me say that it may happen faster we may be drawn to it we may pick it up more naturally there is still a lot of development. You know, I don't know that the, the mastery of the 10,000 hours, I think Malcolm Gladwell talks about that in Outliers. Um, and then I heard something not too long ago that was like, well, that's not necessarily true, but they were just talking about getting good at something. So mastery versus being really good. I don't know. Do I think that that still applies to the gifts that we have? Totally. Uh, meaning, you know, I, I don't think third grade John and John today or David in third grade and David today are the exact same person uh, with the exact same skills and abilities. Uh, No, like we have all grown. And even in those gifts that we have, there's tremendous growth. So I kind of alluded to even just with my kind of first leadership professional role, right? Uh, I was raw and there were so many refining pieces that had to happen. Um, and so I, I remember one of the one influential conversation of many uh, was uh, with with one of my leaders at the time, and she was she was kind enough to to be a, a coaching leader, and she was asking questions, and um, and she said, you know, I think you might be more effective if you stop giving people advice all the time, <laughs> and that was really interesting and powerful. And, uh, and then we kind of looked at, listen, there's a whole bunch of different ways that you can go about teaching, which I knew being a teacher, but I wasn't applying it. Mm. So you can give advice, you can mentor, 
you can just listen. You can be a coach. Uh, you can you can do all of these different aspects uh, inside of leadership. So so let's use that as one. Right. Another one is uh, wanting to go for a position uh, that that I thought I wanted, and another person saying, "Hey, you you really only wanted that position because of the title." that came with that position. You didn't want that position because you wanted to do the work that came with that. Mm. That's a really refining character piece mm. for someone that is an aspiring leader. It's hard. It's painful. More of those mm. bubbling, babbling tears that you were talking about uh, and a lot of self-reflection, um, but but refining nonetheless. Um, a, lot of, a lot of direct feedback, uh, specific feedback, some of it done with kindness, some of it done just really poorly, honestly, uh, and some of it uh, not helpful at all. And, and you got you to gotta peel and, and pull. So here's the other thing that I think is if, if you, right, maybe, David, maybe yours, David, is something in the creative space. Maybe it's uh, marketing books. Maybe it's just losing yourself in writing or drawing or uh, creating. I could do that same thing in leadership development books, uh, business books, leadership development books, studying in the Bible, the, the Nehemiah's and the David's and Jesus. And like, what are some of these leaders here doing? Right. And, uh, and so, uh, there's, there's tons of that, not for any sort of like, Oh, I did it. But like one year I remember I read 52 books, like, because I was so enamored with trying wow. to get better at this craft that, that I truly enjoyed, uh, that, that others may have said, like, I'm, I'm in the marketing space. I have this job. I have this job. I have envisioned the job that I have to be that of a leader uh, more than kind of a, a subject matter expert for quite some time. And so yeah. uh, would go through and develop that. Now, I want to go back to what you you opened with and really said how do we how do we help other people do this because that's great that I can talk about this and you can hear my stories of uh, you know humble pie and uh, and being corrected and and what that does um, but the institute that I work at the Townsend Institute uh, John Townsend uh, Dr John Townsend who also wrote the book Boundaries wrote a book called People Feel and and he talks about some of those things and what are the things that help us develop these help us develop everything but help us develop our gifts uh it's this combination of grace so uh you're going to give me you're going to give yourself you're going to give others the favor that they need to be able to to move forward in something that they're uncomfortable with, that they're going to fail with, that you are going to struggle to pick up the concept and then you got to go and apply it and it's not going to be perfect. And so there's grace that is involved. There's truth. There's that specific feedback. There's being able to look in the mirror and say, how did that go? <laughs> that did not go well. I could I could do better. It's getting truth yeah. from other people as well, right? From from those leaders. I had some great leaders that gave me some wonderful pieces of truth uh, in terms of uh, feedback. It could be a truth of a, a challenging statement. It can be another's perspective, um, and yeah. and no matter what the grace and truth is, it still takes time. And sometimes sometimes there's mm. just grace in giving yourself the time that it takes, right? Uh, I could have told you I wanted to be at a certain place uh, at a certain age, and I wasn't. 
and that's okay mm. right? right and so this combination of grace truth and time are really the things that go underneath that are required in all of us for all of us by all of us to grow ourselves to help other people's to help other people grow and then when you have all of those things what i found for myself is to start to apply those and multiply that with intentional action so if if i have a specific timeline that i want to do uh, one it, it may be an unrealistic timeline but let's just say it's a timeline for a growth goal the more intentional action that i do towards that the more likely it is that i hit it in the time that i want to do it right the more that mm. i'm able to uh, give myself grace ask for grace and, and walk into a team and be like hey i read this book I'm trying this out. I don't know if it's going to work, but it would just go with me, right? Or I'm trying this new thing out. Or the more that I am willing and able to step in and say, hey, can you let me know how that came off? What was your feeling when I said this? What's the perspective you had on that? What feedback do you have for me? What is one thing that I can do to be a better leader, to be a better father, to be a better husband? seeking those pieces of truth out and then combining them with intentional actions um, are what really start to help any of us develop in any space, but especially inside of our gift. And I would say that all of that is good and great. And that is absolutely incremental. If, if you want it to go up exponentially, uh, you, you align with God's will and, and you let God do the thing that only God can do, which is, is really most of the outcomes uh, we can we can focus on walking it out we can focus on uh, being diligent being disciplined uh, and and turning over the the result to to the one who has it all in his hands wow wow john so i mean so much wisdom you shared with us there and i, I just want to give the listeners a formula for what from what you shared i just so i'm, I'm looking at grace plus truth plus time times intentional action equals development of yourself and i'm like wow there's a formula like that that is so good man like so i would uh, may i may i just I, may I I do need... a little bit of a of a tweak on that yeah. what what i would please what i would change in there is it's grace plus truth over time because you gotta give yourself that time so grace plus truth Ooh. over time plus intentional action multiplied by god and that's that's what leads wow. to, to transformational growth. I love that. <laughs> We're gonna have to put that in the show notes for everybody. That they that might have to go into there we the go. book coming <laughs> up. Man, that's that's that that's good. So so John, talk. You're, you're a father. You 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 have children. Um, and on this show, we're passionate about helping um, others that want to step into gifts that maybe have similar as you. Maybe they're teaching gifts. Maybe they have a leadership gift. Maybe they have other gifts. But we're also passionate about helping the next generation find it faster, get to it faster, find their gifts. So as you – if you were – say there's listeners listening, a younger John, a young John, a, 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 a even seven-year – we have some listeners that are really young um, – what would you say to them to help them discover their gifts, period? And if you want to go into the angle of the teaching angle or the leadership angle, uh, feel free. But how would you how would you speak to them and helping them to discover that gift early? Man, that's a it's a that's a great one. It's I can't help but just picture 
my three kiddos in front of me, uh, which and apparently I got to update the bio because uh, we, we had a third one here like five months ago. So uh, I'm, I'm envisioning my three kiddos in front of me. And I think I heard you say a seven-year-old. And I, what I would say is follow where you are most curious and just keep trying a whole bunch of stuff, right? Um, and and try a whole bunch of stuff, especially where you are most curious. And then as much as you can, ask other people what they think you do well. Um, because they'll, they'll tell you. And, and do we need to bring up weaknesses? Sometimes, yes, right? Perhaps we just need to mitigate them and that's part of leadership and building out well-rounded teams and making sure, uh, you know, everybody's on the right seat on the right bus as that old adage goes. Um, and, and there are, we do need to develop some of those things. However, uh, there's tremendous power in going into what you're already good in, uh, and getting better at that. And so if someone has the curiosity, uh, to draw, and if someone has the curiosity with math, and if someone has the curiosity inside of science, and if someone has the curiosity of, I just I love setting up and inviting people to my house, and if someone is intimately curious about building things with their hands, like keep going and ask people what is it that I do really well, um, and and just continue to go that way. I think that what what I didn't do, what I see others do is they, they specialize real fast, uh, real quick. And, and whether that's because uh, I like too many things or uh, prefer to lead generally, um, that I wouldn't say that that's my, my spot. But sometimes when you specialize, it's really hard to transfer skills across domains. And, and if, if you have some experience in all these different places, well, then whatever you start to get into, you figure out that it's really transferable, um, right? Like if we go back all the way into my story, I would have told you, and it was a, an absolutely false mindset that I thought to teach, I was I had to be a teacher. I thought that my, I wouldn't have called it a gift at the time. I would have called it my profession. But what I did was in that silo. And what I realized is, no, I'm going to lead and teach wherever I go. And, uh, and it's just applying those things in the profession or the position or the place that I am in life. Um, and so uh, another thing that I think young people can do early on with kind of this disclaimer is um, those personality tests. I think I've taken every single one. Now, the the disclaimer is look for kind of the patterns, the tendencies and the truths, but don't let yourself get stuck in the box of like, well, I'm an extrovert, so I have to behave this way or, or I mean, these are things that are giving you insights about yourself, not telling you where you have to be, what you have to do. Um, and, uh, and take a spiritual gifts assessment. Um, I have multiple times, uh, and there's patterns that continue to come up. Leading and teaching are two of those patterns. Um, and so so I would encourage folks to, to take those, but I would encourage folks to take those with a grain of salt and say what what is true, uh, what is helpful, 
and and what can I do with the information that's here, right? But not to not to box ourselves into like, oh, this means that I can only do this type of profession, or this means that I can only show up in this type of space. Um, so yeah, I think right. I think is that like trying a whole bunch of things, asking people what what they see uh, you're really good at, and because I just think about one of my kiddos. Um, she is going to be a leader. She is an excellent communicator. She is empathetic and she can be determined as all get up. <laughs> and, uh, and she's just, she's got the, she's got some of the gifts, uh, that it's going to take. Uh, and it's just the way she, she, uh, she leads and influences her siblings, uh, is, is indicator. And, and she's got so many more gifts than that. She is so creative and she is, uh, so inclined towards logic and reasoning um, that that she's got some great things. So when she asks me, I'll tell her, right? Um, and and hopefully she stays curious in those spaces and others. And um, if and as she or anybody gets the opportunity to just, hey, what is this? What is this assessment? What truth is it reflecting to me? And and what can I do with that? Uh, I think that those would be really helpful as folks are thinking. If at 55 at 35 at 15 like how do i figure some of this stuff out i think it still applies that's beautiful i uh, thank you for sharing that john um really gave so so much tangible things that people can go back and apply so this is definitely an episode you need to go back listen to what john shared and, and apply this to your life so so john can you now i want to transition us into the final phase of the per, the process of purpose what we believe from for first um, from the parable of the talents and, and that that last D in the process so we went through the discovery we went through the development that last D is implied it's not it's not actually there ri- clearly written in the Bible it's implied because God never gives you a gift mm-hmm. for yourself it's never for you it's always for Amen. other people so our, our job is to distribute it to others so I, I, I want to talk to you about particularly in your journey uh, both in the um, organizational level, working within an organization, how you helped these awesome organization, mission, mission-driven organizations to see increase in fruitfulness in their financials and their in obviously their people. Because I, I don't believe that an organization can grow unless the people grow. And so people growth happen to create more growth for revenue and that creates more uh, great experiences for the customers uh, and the people they serve. So could you talk to us about some of the work that you've done with or- in organizations, so firsthand on the mm-hmm. distributing side, and then second piece, if you could go into a little bit about your coaching today and how you help yeah. your clients. Um, it, you know, this. I wrote this verse down before coming in because this has been a guiding verse for me. And when you, I never thought about it as distribution, but you said distribution and it's first Peter four ten. Each of us has a gift uh, and we're called to use it as stewards of God's varied grace uh, for those around us. And, and in my mind, that is a distribution aspect of it is you got this gift. It's not for you. Like you said, David, right? It's, it's for the glory of God and the benefit of others. So, um, so give it away, uh, <laughs> right? Use it and do it and, and be fruitful and multiply uh, in all aspects that, that you were talking about before. And um, and so how, how does, uh, 
you said some really great things. So how, how does this happen? I think, as you said, healthy, growing, and effective people actually create the outcomes that we're looking for in terms of we get to serve more people. We get to earn more money uh, because we're serving more people or we're raising more dollars. But but it, it is, in fact, that process that it, it goes from why are we doing what we're doing to who are we doing it with? And if those people are healthy, growing, and effective, the, you can't help but be healthy, grow, and effective if, if you are, right? Like it's just it's going to happen. Uh, it is a natural process. It doesn't mean it's going to be perfect. It doesn't mean it's going to produce you know, the same results over and over and over and over and over again, however it happens. Uh, so uh, how do we do that? Well, um, two of the primary areas that, that I and, and my team focus in on are, uh, one, working with uh, an individual executive. So we do executive coaching. Uh, we do executive coaching for those in the uh, nonprofit space, for those in the business space, for those in the ministry space. Our focus is to equip and inspire mission-driven leaders, those that are about work that is higher than just the bottom line, and equipping them so that uh, they can lead at their best and that their life's mission uh, succeeds at the level that we need it to, um, all of us. And so so we focus in there first and foremost with the uh, executive. And, you know, sometimes it's, sometimes it's coming in and helping with... Uh, a business strategy and, and coaching through that. Sometimes it's coaching through uh, a leadership transition. Maybe they just got the job or uh, they're transitioning some board members or uh, they're just going in a, a really hard season and they need someone with an outside perspective, someone that has some experience, uh, someone that they can go to as a trusted advisor, someone that can help them process and think through and make sure that they're going to act in a way that aligns with the principles that they would like to act in uh, because that's always, that's not always easy. Uh, sometimes we get stuck in it and it's like, I just got to do this. And it's like, well, no, I really don't want to do that. Uh, so working with the executive uh, to do those things. And sometimes with the executive, it's just growth because great leaders know that when they grow, everything else grows, the people, the business, everything, right? Uh, that's mm -hmm. that old Maxwell law, the lid, like at some point we all become the law or we all become the lid on ourselves, on our organizations, on the people that we lead, that people aren't going to grow beyond the leader. Uh, they may leave and grow elsewhere, but to, to work with that executive leader, that business owner, that pastor to help them grow in terms of leadership, in terms of, um, business principles and practices, uh, it's a joy to work one-on-one -on -one with them and really coach and guide them through how do they do this with their team? How do they do this with their organization? The other piece that we spend a yeah. tremendous amount of our time on is team leadership coaching. And so in team leadership coaching, what we do is we go into an organization and we'll work with an executive team. We'll work with a, a, a team of peers, right? Call it all the vice presidents, call it all the directors, kind of all of those that have about the same level of responsibility. And in that, uh, it is this awesome combination of um, skills, teaching and development, um, but also uh, team building and relationship building um, and, and helping them to create a, an aligned candid, trust-filled, passionate team that can go and 
and deliver and serve so that the organization, the people that they serve, so that uh, all of those uh, can experience growth and impact. Wow. I love that. I love that. So, so John, could you, could you share an example? Uh, with, with, I want to respect your time. I know we have a few moments left here. Uh, but could you share an example of either a leader or a team where you got to utilize your gifting in action and see the transformation either and you could share both sides or or one side or the or or but i'd really like to hear the transformation side but but the transformation that happened in the person and what happened maybe the way they came in and and maybe some of the problems they were dealing with and then the way they kind of transformed um and 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 also the effect that maybe they had on the organization so um uh, I have a, 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 oh man, there's so many that come to mind, but we'll, we'll stick on, we'll stick on one, uh, force me to stay on this one, just stick on one story and, and see it all the way through. So I'm thinking about this gentleman that, that I have the, the privilege and the joy of, of coaching and, um, and he was new into his role. He's an executive, uh, in, a in a nonprofit, uh, and then this nonprofit is, what I would call a mid-sized nonprofit, so somewhere between five and ten million dollars uh, in terms of the size of this nonprofit, and uh, and he came in and, and he's extremely um, values-driven, principled, uh, has the heart of gold in serving his people, and um, and wanted to be able to have someone to walk alongside and and help put that forth uh, in the organization and make sure that that he was leading and living and and making decisions in a way that aligned with uh, some of the goals of the organization because uh, there we absolutely built out uh, goals and, and targets for the organization that he was instilling the culture that he was wanting that would create a safe space a fun space and an effective space for everybody that was there and um, and that was really aligned around the service that, that they were providing to the community. And, um, as a part of some of this, uh, there's really tough challenges that come processing and moving through potentially, uh, removing people from the organization if they fall out of, out of line with expectations and behaviors. And, um, and so there was a, a specific, uh, time of, of stress and anxiety for him. And it was really building and, you know, being able to, um, just sit with someone to empathize, to, to be there and to put yourself in the place of that and to have the privilege of walking alongside somebody and maybe being a part of the help process is pretty awesome. Uh, outside of being able to, to sometimes give advice about business and, and sometimes say, you know, if it was me, this is how I would do it. More often than not, it's really bringing that person to, to just say and do and, uh, be able to practice and apply confidently the things that they already know. Um, but in this example, um, yeah. this gentleman uh, had a, a changed some of his habits outside of work, uh, reduced his stress and anxiety, uh, bought back some more time with his family. And remember that organization was between five and $10 million. Mm-hmm. And in the course of 11 months uh, between debt reduction, straight up cash flow, and increased revenue, uh, like increased revenue that... Um, that they did in some fundraising capacities, they returned over a million dollars of value to that organization. Uh, so, um, and, and all of that happened, uh, when all of us would say, is that going to happen? Cause this is pandemic time and I'm not sure that this is going to go. So, 
so they did some pretty amazing things and and i was really uh honored to be a part of the the journey and and continue to work with them uh, to this day so that's a fun thing that's beautiful i love that transformation story thank you for sharing john so um uh john i have two more questions for you one um if if you could just share where how people could could get connected with you and the work you do you know how they could uh um, get connected to your resources and, and, and going back to a point you mentioned earlier, how you read 50, 52 books within a year, which is, man, I, I'm, that's, I, yeah. I, I admire you, man. I, I want to get there one day. I'll be able to do that. And, and, and so, um, you do have a guide. So if we, we'll, we'll make sure to plug the notes in for the guide for, um, the 10 books, every servant leader must read. So if you could just speak to that for a little bit, as well as tell them more about your business yeah. and how people thanks, can get David. Thanks in. for the opportunity to share those things and and to to plug the reading guide. Uh, it's it's ten of the books that that I, I think servant leaders should read. Leaders should read. Uh, you can get it on the website. The website is johnkidwell.com. Uh, it's J O N K I D W E L L. Uh, no H. Can't hear it, so I don't use it. And, you know, uh, side note, my full name is Jonathan, but we'll just stick with John. So johnkidwell.com. Uh, you can go there. You can download that. Uh, also, if you if you click on that schedule a call, man, it'd be so fun uh, to be able to connect with you. We'll do a, a three free 30-minute coaching call. Uh, that would be my joy to be able to do that. Um, and one of the best places to two of the best places i suppose linkedin and uh john kidwell and on instagram at john.kidwell and uh and if you are ever looking for coaching questions to to make you think i'd do a coaching question there every single day and what is it about the business i would tell you that uh, if you're looking if you are an executive if you are feeling sandwiched in between uh, customers and your team between the board and 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 your day-to-day work between expectations and what's really going on and you need somebody uh, give me a call uh, we'd love to come in and, and work alongside you or if you are in a place where uh, you're trying to, to to develop to pour into to grow the people that you work with and and that could be your executive team that could be your frontline leaders that could be you know your people leaders that have teams under them if if you're looking to to build uh, more connected relationally strong trusted aligned teams uh, give us a call and see if if we can help or schedule a call and let's talk about it and see if we'd be a good fit to to walk alongside you and in your organization it'd be our honor to be able to do that and to to be a part of your leadership and 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 your service to to the work that you do Listeners, take advantage of that. Uh, John is a wealth of knowledge, and in the conversation, one of the conversations we had, uh, just just a breadth of knowledge and wisdom he has. You're, you'd be doing yourself a disservice if you don't take advantage of his opportunity to have a call and also get his uh, his resource guide. And he'll have a book uh, coming soon. So if you want to stay plugged in all the cool things that he's he's working on and doing. So thank you for that, John. And and our final question we ask to every every guest on the show um you weren't prepped you didn't get you didn't get a a, ahead of this question here so the question is john what's the difference between one's gift and one's purpose one's gift and one's purpose purpose is the thing that you were created to do and the gift is something you use to fulfill that 
I like. Can you say that again? I like the, it. It was so clear and crisp and simplified to the point. I love purpose it. is the thing we were created to do, and our gift is what we use to fulfill that purpose. Mm. That's good, man. That's really good. I appreciate it, John. Anything else I, you want to share with thank people you, before David, we and close say out? Thank you so much for allowing me to come and to, to hang with you and to answer these questions and and I just am so grateful for you, for your spirit, for what you're doing. I love watching all that you are up to. And so keep on. And thank you so much for the invitation and the opportunity to come and do this today. Uh, John, it's an honor and a pleasure, my friend. So I, I appreciate you. And I know the listeners are going to be blessed just as much as I was blessed today by hearing and learning from you. Thank you, John. Dear listener, I would like to thank you so much for listening to How I Discover My Gift with yours truly, David D. Simons. As a token of my appreciation, I would love to give to you my most important piece of work to date, and it's called The Purpose Gift Tape. It's a motivational mixtape geared towards helping you to identify your gifts, which ultimately lead to you discovering your purpose. This is a six-track album I poured my heart and soul into. It includes beautiful beats and amazing spoken word over it. And I'd love to give that to you as a free gift, as a token of my appreciation for being a part of the community. So to get your copy, all you need to do is go to podcast.daviddsimons.com. That's podcast.david, the middle initial D, Simons, S-I-M-O-N-S dot com and get yours today. Thank you for being a listener. I'll catch you on the next episode. How I Discover My Gift with David D. Simons is proud to be of the amazing and illustrious Alive Podcast Network.